The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. I was a little over 13 years ago, and much like some of our college students here, I had this looming question uh, in my heart. Uh, Number one was, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And number two, who am I going to spend it with? And surprisingly, I wasn't really that worried, because I thought the answer was a bit clearer than it actually was. I just finished up an internship with the number one architecture firm in the country uh, the year before, And while I was in Pennsylvania on that internship, I began talking to this girl more and more. She was great. I had met her um, back at St. Isidore's a number of years ago. Attraction at first sight. I asked my buddy John to introduce us to each other. And having talked more, now being back in the same town at that time, going out on a date, hanging out more exclusively, I thought it was pretty clear the direction our relationship was headed. Until one night... One night when there was this very awkward moment when she posed a question or rather made a command to me. (laughs) And I remember it because of its significance. She said to me, state your intentions. And I was thrown off. Honestly, at first, I think I began laughing. But when I realized that she was serious, I began responding internally with a different response. I took it as an accusation. I was like, who does she think that I am? We met at church. Does she not take me seriously? Does she think that I have ill intentions? Why did she even let me into her house if she was afraid of my intention? But as I realized how serious she was and I gave her an answer, I began realizing then and even now as I remember 13 years ago, the real effect of that question to me. Because I think it all came down to this. She knew basically who I was, but she wanted to check to make sure that my pursuit was of her entire person. It was of her and not its effects. The object of my pursuit was her, not the effects of that relationship. In other words, she wanted to know, not only was I pursuing her for the sake of marriage, but to clarify, was I pursuing her for that sake, or rather, was I just seeking the effects? Did I rather want the gratification, did I want, to, want the fact of the social status that maybe that, that would bring? Or was it just something that I wanted and not her? And at Mass, when we come to spend time with the Lord, 
When we come to draw close to him, even encountering him exclusively here in the Eucharist, the question for us is the same. State your intentions. And it doesn't have to be an accusation by the Lord, right? If we look at the gospel today, we realize that's what he asked the disciples, the very first thing when they started following him. Jesus turned around and said to them, what are you looking for? Love himself, Jesus Christ, asks this question because he desires for all of us to seek and to pursue him, not for status or our own gratification, but out of love for him and to share our very life with him, the fulfillment of all of our desires. In this year of the Eucharist, it's especially important for us to ask that question to ourselves. What are we looking for? To state our intentions, because that very line of the gospel today, behold the Lamb of God, is the very statement that is said right before we receive our Lord in the Eucharist. And it's of utmost importance because as fewer and fewer people actually understand what the Eucharist is, that means more and more people are causing great sacrilege to the Blessed Sacrament, have greater irreverence to the Eucharist when they come with ill-formed intentions, not seeking our Lord himself, but only the feeling or the perceived effects of it. But much like dating sees, sees its own struggles in today's time, and we're not going to find a, a perfect spouse out there, the Lord doesn't also ask that we be perfect. The Lord is patient with us, and we know this. Why? But because of the first reading today. If you look at Samuel, what does it say about him? It said he remained close to the Lord, but this was significant. He was not familiar with the Lord, because the Lord had not revealed anything to him as yet. He came seeking the Lord, but he didn't have proper understanding. Does that sound familiar? I would say for many, if not all of us in this room, there's some kind of ignorance when it comes to the mystery of the Eucharist. We don't fully grasp it. It's, it's a mystery to be beheld, but the most important part about all of that is that we have to be open to that mystery, to seek God, to seek that understanding, be open to the voice of the Lord, making sacrifices like Samuel did himself waking up in the middle of the night to get up and to go at God's prompting. And for some of us, it even means at times simply remaining in the presence of the Lord. For no one taught us how to date. We had to be honest about the quirkiness that we had, those things that we have to overcome, the things that make us less attractive. And we had to look at those examples of faithfulness if we wanted to desire to do the same thing. And the same is true for us in the faith. In our relationship with the Lord, if we avoid those honest conversations with ourselves, or even seeking a greater understanding of what the Eucharist is, seeking our own comfort over God, then I would say, much like dating, it's going to hurt us. And even more importantly, I would dare to say that it offends the Lord. St. Paul says in scriptures, he tells the Corinthians, he says, if anyone receives the Eucharist unworthily, we are guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord, the spouse of the church. Why? Because we are body and soul. And you can't separate the two, which is why St. Paul tells us today in the second reading that our body is a temple of the Lord, not just in a figurative sense, but in a, a true sense. Not just in some theological speech, but in a spousal kind of way. Because the body is for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. In other words, what we do in the body matters, both in receiving the Eucharist and what we do to prepare ourselves for that moment. 
If we are in a state of mortal sin and we come to receive our Lord in the Eucharist, then it's not out of love for Him, but rather for our own gratification. Maybe because we're afraid that someone will see us not receiving and, and know that we're in mortal sin. Well, they don't know if you ate something on your way into Mass. Maybe we come because we think it's going to make us feel better, or maybe it's going to numb away some of those unaddressed sins in our life. But the wrong intention affects not only the one we're pursuing, but us. Think about it this way. If we present ourselves for communion, but we're in the state of mortal sin, then it's like dating two people at the same time. It's a lie. It becomes a lie with our bodies, telling our Lord that we love Him when our heart is actually oriented elsewhere. And this is why the church teaches us that theological lesson that we are not to receive our Lord. We have to let go of the mistress of our mortal sin before we come to receive Him. Most of these things that are common, that, that get in the way of our relationship with the Lord, most that's common in our experience today would be pornography, masturbation, deliberate drunkenness, sex outside of marriage. Because what we do in the body matters. It speaks a language more than the theology of a textbook. And when we make mistakes in our dating or our spousal relationships, what do we do? When we make those major mistakes, we go back to them. And we go back oftentimes with some small gesture that reveals our sorrow. And that's the beauty of why the church gives us the sacrament of confession. So that we can, in doing our penance, do the same exact thing. Going to the Lord, seeking His forgiveness through the priest, and doing like Samuel does, going to Eli to seek clarity and direction in our life and receiving that openness necessary to hear His voice and to respond in love, to begin answering some of those looming questions in our life. This brings us not only a greater understanding and preparation of the Eucharist, but an understanding of God's will. So my brothers and sisters, when my girlfriend brought that point up, I felt accused by her at first. That was not her point, and nor is it mine tonight. I realize addressing some of those sins, maybe by name, maybe make us uncomfortable, but I only ask you today to state your intentions for the sake of protecting our Lord in the Eucharist and your ability to fall in love with Him. Be honest about who you are and what you are looking for. So that whether at each Mass you worthily receive our Lord in the Eucharist or you remain there in His presence like Samuel May all of us fall deeper in love with our Lord and leave college much like the disciples in our gospel today, changed by our encounter with Christ, changed by love himself, so that we can say like the psalmist did today, that we found not only what we're looking for, but in all honesty, here I am, Lord. I've come to fall in love, and here I am, Lord. I come to do your will.